Welcome to Nerd Girls Take on the World. I'm Jen. And I'm Mo. And we're two women bringing you our take on all things geeky, nerdy, and pop culture. And today is marking the end of another long week of stay-at-home orders. So, (laughs) what? first of all, what are you drinking, Mo? Because I know after this week for me, (laughs) I needed some, I needed a drink. I need a little something-something. Yeah, uh, I made myself a Moscow Mule. I made some uh, ginger syrup last night, and so I was like, yep, Moscow Mule sounds good. See, you can do things like make your own ginger syrup. I have to uh, (laughs) order it through BevMo and hope it gets to my house. So I am tonight drinking a Modelo Especial. I'm doing a little cerveza tonight, mostly because (laughs) I thought everyone would be bored if I was drinking Allagash again, which I still have like four or five bottles in my fridge. Um, However, I have a brief update and report on the wine I was drinking the other week, the San Antonio. Um, Apparently, our mutual friend Shell uh, found out that San Antonio Winery actually does supply uh, communion wine for a large portion of at least the Southern California Catholic Diocese. I'm not sure much beyond that. So when I was saying that the Imperial Red sort of tasted like communion wine, there was a reason for that. (laughs) Well, see, there you go. So, yeah. You knew what you were talking about. I knew uh, my taste buds knew what they were talking about for this little Protestant girl because I was all like, I don't know, we drink like grape juice in my church from Trader Joe's. So, <laughs> um, I, it's a, you highfalutin like high church people who get to have the fancy booze in your communion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Today it's a little bit of a warm day, so I'm thinking, you know. Modelo, it was kind of, it hit the spot on a warm, sunny Southern California day when I was stuck inside all day. What did you do all inside all day today? I edited uh, the episode that's dropping tomorrow. I did did some procrastinating and then I had to pay for it by uh, sitting down for like three hours straight. (laughs) Oh. I actually was doing uh, the ultra nerdy uh, six hours of tabletop gaming via um, Discord in Roll20. Nice. That was my day. Lots of shenanigans and hijinks ensued. It was pretty good. Um, And now I get to close it out talking about... You know, things that we pined for when we were young. But uh, but before that, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. Um, what do, what was what were you watching this week? What were you consuming? What was your big <laughs> nerd for the week? Um, a lot of stuff. I, I finished. I got to the current. I think current season of My Hero Academia. I'm on season four now. And I'm watching on Hulu, and it's not dubbed. So now that I have to read subtitles, it's taking me a lot longer to watch the episodes because that means I have to actually sit there and be able to stare at the screen and read the subtitles. You can manage that one-third inch right there at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Whereas before, it was I could listen while I was doing other things and, you know, 
watch while I was doing other things. Now I gotta sit and watch. It's taking me a little longer. Appreciate those other cultures, Mo. <laughs> I do, I do. I just need a. It's just now I've got to sit and watch and not watch and do a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, I have to admit this week, this was kind of a tough week for me, just like a lot of stuff going on. And so I don't, I didn't, uh, consume nearly as much. I'm, I was building up uh, a game. I did a lot of gaming, like tabletop gaming stuff. Um, I am, and I have been for years, a huge, uh, White Wolf World of Darkness fan. That's my game jam. Uh, nothing against other people who like other games out there. They're perfectly nice. That's just the one I jam on. So we played a uh, Wraith uh, tabletop on Thursday night. Um, uh, Wraith is a game in the White Wolf universe where basically the whole idea is you play a ghost. And you're in the ghost lands. And uh, we were playing uh, an entire family. Uh, it was a Latino family uh, who were winemakers. And we all nice. ended up on, on the family property. And so we were all ghosts together. And uh, it was interesting. It's the first time I played it. Wraith is not my super cup of tea. <laughs> so I, I, I played it. Uh, I gave it a try. Uh, I'll, I'll think on if I want to continue with this game. Should it get voted on? Because it's sort of like, well, if push comes to shove and my schedule gets packed... It might be the one that I have to kind of ooch out. But if you like super angsty, uh, spooky spookiness, um, and kind and sort of a horror vibe, like a really strong like existential horror um, kind of uh, haunting of Hill House vibe, um, Wraith is a game for you. It's a good game for that. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. Um, Today, like I said, I played Mage, which is another one of the White Wolf games. Um, that one is much more, uh, much more like Doctor Strange. <laughs> That's straight up what it is. It's you're a human being who can manipulate reality. Woo -woo. So uh, we had a lot of fun. I love Mage. It's it's just fun. You get into crazy hijinks. You can think of different ways of manipulating reality depending on how you understand the mechanics of reality um and it gets kind of weird and philosophical at times which i'm down with um so i had a lot of fun playing that all day today and then tomorrow i'm running a game that you're in and several other <laughs> friends of mine are in it's a vampire game which vampire is the flagship line of the white wolf products if any of you have heard of white wolf you know probably know vampire that's the game most people will know vampire the masquerade and so we're we're doing a good old-fashioned vampire the masquerade game yay so. uh i i've really been tempted to <laughs> tempt it so my storyteller is constantly like you know mo you've been playing for a while now it's time for you to run a game so i'm very tempted to pick up v5 and take a look mm -hmm. at that because uh, Vampire yeah. did come out with a new version. They've got a fifth mm -hmm. version. So I kind of want to... I might pick that up and see about running a game. Well, tell me how it goes. Um, because uh, I have flipped through V5. I have very mixed feelings on V5. There's some things, like, plot-wise, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then mechanic-wise, I'm like, ugh. So honestly, oh, the reason bet. why... 
The reason why I'm thinking of doing V5 is because uh, it's so new that all my friends who have been gaming for like 15 years can't be like, well, actually. Well, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know what friends you're talking about, but I know exactly <laughs> the friends you're talking about. And they're probably listening going, hey, are they, sh- is she talking about me? Yes, she's talking about you. <laughs> yeah so so if i run a game it's gonna be something new like that although i might pick up pick up Shadowrun too that one also came out with a a new version and i do love me some Shadowrun. so it it depends if i'm in a super dark mood we'll go vampire if i'm on a let's have fun shoot him up cyberpunky mood then we'll go Shadowrun. well we'll see what kind of mood i'm in yeah you know I, I I am not against V5. Obviously, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, V5, more power to you. I've not done V20, which was the last vampire version before V5. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, V20 is sort of the all new territory. And I have to admit, I like the classic old vampire mythology. So... Um, I like delving into that a little bit. There's still stories in there for me to tell. I am not doing a, a pass on V5. I, I'm I'm doing a soft meh, maybe. But um, I, considering I do a whole podcast with my friend John uh, called Podcast by Night, all about classic vampire. Um, yeah, you can tell I love it. Uh, but yeah, you'll have to keep us posted on how that's going. Yep. I'll let you know when I'm ready to jump into that (laughs) yep so but speaking of things that we love from our past things that we hold on to like classic vampire the masquerade let's talk about nostalgia nostalgia things we're nostalgic about the good nostalgia and the bad nostalgia because there's a little (laughs) bit of both going on right now yeah, so uh, I actually, when when we decided to do this topic, I was like, let me let me look up nostalgia and what the history of it. So actually, I thought this was really interesting. The term nostalgia was coined by Johann Hoffer, a Swiss doctor. Um, he coined the term in 1688, and he, it was originally described as a neurological disease of essentially <laughs> demonic cause. Because it's always demons. Always. <laughs> it's it's the demons making you feel bad. When, like, you shouldn't be... I guess the, the understanding, the thought process then was you shouldn't be worrying about the past when you have the right now to worry about. So all these people who keep wanting to think about things in the past, they... Obviously, it's demons tormenting them. Make America great again. I probably shouldn't have gone there, but I did. And I'm not sorry. I mean, yeah, there is, we, as humans, we like to look at our past. I can say nothing. I am a historian in real life. That is, that is the degree I am studying for. That is my nerd jam. That is my ultimate nerd jam is history. So I'm always looking at the past. Yeah. Well, and then, so recent studies have actually shown that nostalgia has been shown to counteract loneliness, boredom, and anxiety. Something I think all of us can do with right now. Those good old days. You remember when it was simple and we could go outside and like, you know, 
hang out with each other and <laughs> not worry about getting COVID. Oh my right. gosh. That's good. But yeah, days. like I definitely find myself now when I'm like, ugh, I'm so stressed or frustrated or whatever, being like, you know what? I'm gonna throw on some Back to the Future. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch Indiana Jones again. You know, it's true though. Like when I get really stressed, I like to go go back to the oldies but the goodies, right? I Yep. I watch Disney movies like that I watched when I was a kid. I watch um, TV shows I liked when I was a kid. There's one show that I w- will constantly watch when I'm feeling really bad. It's a <laughs> this is like this is like nostalgia on nostalgia because it's an older older it's it was it came out mid 2000s, but it's a BBC show that's called Super Size Me. And it's a history show, but it's a show where it's modern day people spending a week living in um, a historical time period, eating the food of that time period. And uh, like, but not like the always normal food. It's like the most extreme food you could eat in that time period. (laughs) Like, what is a noble lord in medieval Britain going to be eating? And so it's kind of nostalgic. The show itself is kind of nostalgic. And then I, because I watched it years ago and have rewatched it many times, it I am sort of nostalgic because it's it's my comfort food. And I'm like, I just want to watch Super Sizers Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what's funny? Even things that are more recent, but that give me like a nostalgic feeling, like. Uh, I've been I, I've been watching Coco <laughs> quite a few times since lockdown, and and it is a very recent movie. It came out not too long ago, but watching that, um, especially because you know my grandparents are in their nineties, so we can't go visit them right now. Um, so I haven't seen them in a couple of months. So watching that, it's it's all oh, that one scene when the grandma is like, "I said, do you want some more tamales?" <laughs> Yeah, like, Every time I watch that, it's like flashbacks to my childhood where my grandma's like, uh, I said, do you want some more? You don't eat enough. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I. It sounds dumb, but uh, Agent Carter, the television mm. show, which if you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? Go watch it. <laughs> um, Agent Carter, the television show makes me feel the same way about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Not because my grandmother was actually Peggy Carter. Though, wouldn't that be fucking awesome? But <laughs> no, because uh, my grandmother was born in 1918. And um, so she was living through that time period and went through all of that. She went through the war. She was a whack. Um, she went through all that time period, lived all that life. And so every time I see like things that they're doing in the show or struggle she's the character is going through i'm like my mom mom went through that and i and it makes me think of my mom mom and then i get all nostalgic and i'm like i miss my mom mom and like i wish she were still here and yeah so it, that show makes me super nostalgic for my for my grandma oh yeah like an yeah 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 one of the things that make that to um music so i've been playing a lot of the Beatles because that's what my grandma always used to listen to. Like I didn't, I didn't. I obviously was not born circa the Beatles. However, my grandma was. She always had the Beatles on, so I love to listen to the Beatles mm-hmm. because it just brings back those childhood memories of of watching. Oh, and even food. Like think of all the like comfort foods that you like to eat. Yes. <laughs> 
So whenever I'm like super depressed, my favorite snack to get is, and this is going to sound super weird, so don't judge me. Um, I like to have saltines with butter on them because that's what my grandma used yeah, to give us. My mom <laughs> used to do that. Right? Oh God, what was up with that? Yeah, maybe it was a generational thing, my but God. now... Yeah, so sometimes when I'm super, like, down, I'll, like, get some saltines and put some butter on them. It just reminds me of my childhood, and it's like, oh, I feel a little better now. I, I Mine is 7-Up Pancakes. My mom, it was a, a recipe my mom used to make, and my mom used to make after my mom-mom. And um, even yesterday, I found myself doing this yesterday because I was feeling kind of blue, and I was sitting here on the couch, I'm like, I was watching something involving pancakes, probably one of the shows I was watching. And uh, and I'm like, oh, Mom Mom's seven up pancakes. I really want Mom Mom's seven up pancakes right now because I just want to I want that that nostalgia and happiness of sitting at the kitchen table with my grandma making pancakes and my little seven year old self eating like a metric ton of them back in the day <laughs> when I was about the size of a rail I was like teeny tiny and I could inhale a huge amount of food and I'm like what, where were those days talk about nostalgia yeah and well and that's why like uh I think I enjoyed Picard so much like yeah it was a great show it was well written blah 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 it was a very entertaining show on its own However, a huge part of the enjoyment was returning to those characters because I loved Next Generation. And it was, you know, I we watched it all the time growing up. So a lot of the enjoyment in that show was also, oh, my God, there's this character. Oh, my God, it's Seven of Nine. Oh, my God, it's Riker. Oh, my God, it's Janet Troy. Um, so that's nice. You know, uh, that that is the upside to all the things getting <laughs> coming back around and all the remakes and all that is sometimes it's nice. So... On that, to kind of (laughs) dive a little deeper, I mean, nostalgia can be a good thing, even though, like, that Swiss uh, doctor thought it was demons. Um, Are all demons bad? I mean, uh, therein lies a question. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Give demons a chance. (laughs) Give demons a chance, dang it. I mean, they're supernatural entities, too. Jeez. (laughs) But yeah, thinking about nostalgia and how it can be something for good. And what what are some of the good nostalgic things that we have that are big in the media right now? Because let's face it, right now in our pop culture, nostalgia is huge. And part of that is because, well, um, the generation that grew up in the 70s and 80s and 90s, who all grew up with the massive pop culture things that kind of define being a nerd we all grew up with those things we're now middle age hate to say it we are and so we're the ones who have the money we're the ones who have the buying power so we're and consume things so we're we're going to throw our money at these things that were are reminiscent of our childhood and some of them are pretty good some of them are fun I I mean I'm not so I will stay straight up I am not a Stranger Things fan, but I'm not saying it's bad. I think it like it's a good show, and it's got a huge following, and it's got that nostalgic flavor for kids who grew up in the 80s watching like you know 80s like horror flicks and 80s like kid flicks like Goonies and you know all those 
for that for any child of the 80s and who grew or even 90s who grew up watching those movies stranger things obviously resonated with all of you yeah well i mean uh ready player one i that it that book exploded and a huge part of why it did is the nostalgia factor you know everybody uh, everybody did the captain america thing all throughout that book of i understood that reference i understood that reference i understood that reference <laughs> i get that reference <laughs> I understood that. Yep. yep. Yeah. So uh, I have not seen the movie, so I can't uh, compare. But <laughs> I did read the book, and it was fun. It was a fun book. It had its flaws. Um, it had. I understand the the detractors who complain about it, but. Um. Well, I mean, I think then this all points out to the ways that we, as a in pop culture, do can consume nostalgia in a kind of good uh fun way and 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 how that really kind of just adds to uh, to our enjoyment at a time when well right now things are kind of up shit creek not gonna lie yeah Um, i mean i didn't all the disney live remakes have not been my favorite but you know, I, I still look forward to them. Uh, I'm still excited for Mulan. I'm so excited for Mulan. It's going to be so good. <laughs> right. I love Mulan. Um, oh, my God. Me and my kids watch Mulan so much. It's ridiculous. To the point where their dad is like, oh, my God, are you guys seriously watching Mulan again? Can you not? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good I, I, that comes out of nostalgia. And I hear people complain. I do hear mm-hmm. I hear many critics complain like, oh, my God, here's yet another retreading of yet another property from the past 30 years, 40 years. And um, and it's just being put out there for a money grab. It's just being put out there because, you know, you're going to get that, you know, 30 to 50 year old range who have the money and are willing to spend it because you're putting out yet another uh star wars goonies uh back to the future uh you know star trek whatever yeah well i mean it's the same argument people have about cinematic universes though as they want to say well not another cinematic universe movie and can't we make anything new and original and blah 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 and and i understand the fear not uh, maybe not the fear but i understand that it is making it harder for, you know, screenwriters with original stories to get their original stories made because studios don't want to gamble on it. And here's another thing that we can remake and we'll know we'll make money off of it one way or another. Well, and so more to that point, let's dig down a little deeper into that because there has been a lot of talk in the last six months to a year about the nature of Hollywood and the movies that they're making. And of course this entire situation we're in right now sort of exacerbates what's already been happening for a long time is the fact that um, nostalgia sells and people want people love to revisit that familiar old story like a warm comfy blanket and so Hollywood likes to revisit properties that they know were you know, this was a, a billion dollar property once upon a time hey let's dredge this one out as opposed to uh, a 
a writer or director or producer who's like, but I'm making this film that's going to be new and different. And yeah, I don't, it's, it's a less marketable, less property. It's much more of a gamble. And, um, you know, the, the problem is, is those movies are not getting eyeballs on them. They're not getting funding. They're not getting support because we got to make like another Indiana Jones movie because you know what, you know what everybody likes, they like Indiana Jones. (laughs) So I think um, part of the problem is, is I think that is people looking at the model that we have and going, this model is the way it's always been and let's keep going it that way. And yeah, if you look at the big budget studios, that's what they're doing. But if you look at where I, where like the future of media seems to be going and you look at streaming, there's a lot of original content out there on streaming, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, they have a lot of good original content, you know. Yeah, Stranger Things took the nostalgia factor into it, but it is still its own thing. It's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's not something that was already made and, you know, they just put a new spin on it. And then you have a lot of other things. I mean, uh, Bright. I know everybody, it's mixed feelings on Bright, but that was an original concept. They, they, well, I would argue it's just Shadowrun, like, with a different, like, veneer on it. But... It, eh, no. not really. It, but it, it, it's some of the same Shadowrun concepts of like, hey, and here's a world where suddenly there's supernatural like faith thing. Well, and it. and that's all just a riff on Tolkien because let's yeah. be real, every every single orc and elf that has been around in media since Lord of the Rings is taken from Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. And he's completely stealing them all from, like, ancient mythology. But yeah. It, but, I, it, it, the long and the short is, yes, there is there is original content to be found on Netflix. I mean, obviously, The Irishman was a hugely honored movie last year. Martin Scorsese, um, he put it out on Netflix. But again, even then, I... My and this was my criticism of that movie, uh, which got boos and hisses from the many Scorsese fans out there. And I love Scorsese, but even in that, I said, you know, this is a nostalgia film, and they were like, "What? No!" <laughs> I'm like, okay, Robert De Niro and, and Joe Pesci, and it's a film about mobsters, and it's done by Martin Scorsese, and you're telling me this isn't flipping nostalgia? What is wrong with you? So <laughs> you I think another see like all of Scorsese's other films. I think another part of it is too is the generational difference. We're looking it's people of the older generations who are complaining about it and they had their nostalgia too. Like let's be real. How many Phantom of the Opera remakes have there been? How many retellings of the mummy has there been? How many retellings of Frankenstein? How many Draculas? Like it's we're on a new 30 year cycle and i think it's these people of the older generation who are like i don't like your nostalgia well and too because like, it's like, not nostalgic for them yeah and too i and you know you're right like i think back to when i was young and like what are the things that were nostalgic back then that i'm personally mm-hmm. not nostalgic for but like my parents and grandparents were nostalgic for like uh I remember, like, Happy Days was a huge show in the 70s and early 80s. 
It was mm-hmm. it was a nostalgic show about the 1950s and life in the 1950s and wasn't it grand? And I'm sitting here like a child of the 80s and 90s going, weren't the 1950s a huge like problem for like racism and civil rights and how about those communist trials and conformism and like mm-hmm. cold well, war? Well, let's look at it wasn't necessarily look- peaches and cream, guys. Well, and look at what I said earlier with Back to the Future. Back to the Future was an, another nostalgic film that came out in the 80s, and it was yeah. nostalgic about the 50s again. Yep. You know, so I think we've always had this need for nostalgia and this need to throw back to the time. It just, I think it looks different now because instead of just throwing it back to a specific time period, because pop culture was more prevalent in the time period that we're throwing back to, we're also throwing in the references. Mm, yeah. older pop culture whereas you know if you look at the happy days and the back to future the references to pop culture it wasn't that big it was like maybe some songs and but it was mainly clothes and style and era and things like that whereas now we're like remember the 80s remember troll dolls remember, I remember cabbage patch kids hair. i remember my hair <laughs> yeah. I, I i i remember like because I was in high school in the um, in the early to mid nineties, and my hair, oh boy, oh boy, I I, I single handedly put a hole in the ozone layer, guys. It it was bad, <laughs> but oh yes, there's so, some things about the eighties and nineties I am not nostalgic for. That's yeah, and and I think every single time period is going to have some things. That's the whole point of nostalgia is. Instead, we're not remembering the bad stuff. We're remembering all the good stuff. And so when we look back on our youth, that's what we're remembering. We're ignoring the shitty stuff and remembering what we liked, remembering what made us happy. And and therein lies a big point. It's that nostalgia is not about the bad things. It's always about the good. It's a Mm -hmm. little bit like when, uh, and this is horrible to talk about right now with everything going on, but it, it is a little bit like when someone passes away. And, Mm -hmm. you know, suddenly it's all about the good stuff about them. And, you know, um, we tend to gloss over some of the more problematic stuff because we're like, oh, we can't talk about that right now. Like, this is not a good time to bring up like that argument you guys had like 10 years ago over money. Um, You know, nostalgia in many ways is the same thing. Like, we, we look at like our childhood and think, oh, isn't that great? Like... You know, even like to like I said, like uh, Agent Carter is a show that makes me think of my grandma and I'm thinking, you know, oh, my grandma was like that, except that I'm thinking, wow, there was ramp rampant racism and sexism, the misogyny and there's just off the charts. But, you know, there was inequality in every corner. Yeah, sure. We just won a war. But uh, but, you know the levels of inequality that were there were were staggering and you know even as i look at our culture now and see the levels of inequality um we tend to we do tend to gloss over in our nostalgia like thinking of all those hard situations the the uncomfortable situations the things we don't want to talk about um and I think 
in part uh, for me uh, because part of my job is to look at those hard places I have to I can't just look at a historical time period and be like hey wasn't that great it was so awesome here's all the cool stuff you know because then you also have to ask the hard questions of yeah but what at what cost did that cool stuff come from Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes with our nostalgia, even in our pop culture, we tend to fall into that pit a little bit. We we tend to think, oh, wasn't that great? Without thinking about, well, but was it really? Was it really all that great? You know. Yeah, we kind of we kind of have revisionist memories when it comes to nostalgia. We we really really do, and and you know, I feel like nostalgia also too, as we're thinking about it. It's not always equal because as I'm looking out in the pop culture landscape and what's the nostalgia that keeps bubbling up and and that they keep selling. And I'm like, well, it's a nostalgia that is appreciated by a certain specific demographic, you know, middle aged white people, you know, it's not. And not to say that people of other races weren't into Indiana Jones when they were younger, but I'm like, wow, that's that's not that's a very specific niche there that nostalgia tends to hit, um, and which I find interesting. I, I yeah, it, it 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 just strikes me as interesting because I'm like, there's not a revival of other nostalgic things, other like groups might have appreciated because I'm like no offense I'm like well what about like someone who didn't grow up in middle class white America in the 1980s and 90s what was like your big jam I think this hits home for me too of late because there's this huge Twitter argument about um friends ironically and I don't remember how it started somebody oh it was David Schwimmer said something about um if you were to put air, friends on the air now, like, how would you make it different? And he's like, well, maybe you could have a more diverse cast and that could be like a cool way to respin friends. And immediately Twitter came out and said, uh, we already had a version of friends. Thank you. In fact, your show was based off of our show. And I was like, living single. I love that show. I watched that show. <laughs> I did not. I was not friends. Yep fanatic but i loved living single it was a great show and um I, and i would i remember i would come home from class because i was in college and it was on reruns uh and i would come home from class and it would be on tv and i would watch like an hour bl- block of that and like an hour block of fresh prince they were like back to back and i loved that show i thought that was a great show but most people don't know it unless you're african-american and i'm like that was a great show and that existed before friends and during friends like it was like they they kind of crossed paths a little bit and it was the almost the exact same formula but nobody knew about it i'm like people need to be nostalgic about living single it was a great show (laughs) i love that show Um, yeah i think I don't know. Being Hispanic, I don't have anything to be nostalgic about but white people. <laughs> like, I mean, not to not to put too hard of it. I don't know. It's it's not like oh my god, I'm so 
upset about that, but you know, what did I didn't have anything. There weren't Hispanic people on TV. There was I Love Lucy and Ricky yeah. Ricardo. Um, but Ricky Ricardo is Cuban and I'm Mexican. <laughs> so also there's true. a difference. There's a difference, guys. Um, also, you know, it's okay. There was that one show, but could there be other shows? Yeah, yeah. and that'd be nice. Um, well, you know, and and we're, yeah, like I said, we're coming around. Coco was a beautiful movie. It was. Well done. I, yeah, it did a good job of you know showcasing Mexican culture. Um, so that was nice. You know, it, it had its issues, but it was good. But like, yeah. So when I get nostalgic about things, there is that understanding that yeah, I am nostalgic for people of a different race because there just wasn't a lot of media out there, and a lot of that has to do with being American. Um, you know, there there was stuff in other cultures, um, you know, but here in America, we make a lot of white people movies. Yeah, no. And TV yeah. shows, and yeah. And, and I, I appreciate you, you bringing that up, because also, too, you're right. In America, there wasn't a, um, a lot of media for people, for people who are not white and or even black because you you think african-americans like there there is there have been outlets even though there haven't been as many uh there has been a niche market for many and so there are some who are like i grew up with i didn't grow up with that show but i grew up with this show and these are the things i'm nostalgic about but many other faces uh, many other people have not had uh any media that like that spoke to them they they weren't seeing themselves in media so it's not anything that they're like oh i'm I'm nostalgic about this one thing like here let me share it with you yeah well and i mean that's the thing though like it doesn't for me at least it doesn't take away from the nostalgia you know there there's still those movies that I I still love them I still enjoy them like Indiana Jones I like that movie I like Back to the Future I like Star Wars there yeah there is no Mexican people in any of those movies but I still enjoy the movies like I still have nostalgia for them I still like them and because I grew up with them you know um so yeah (laughs) so I will throw a show out here this is there this is not about a Mexican family but it is a Cuban family. You made me think of it because you mentioned uh, Ricky Ricardo. And I was like, Ricky Ricardo, Cubans, family, TV. Ah! Go watch One Day at a Time on Netflix. Go. Oh, no. Well, watch the version on Netflix. It got canceled on Netflix. It's now been re-picked up. And it's, it's uh, and I'll have to find out the information for where it's been picked up again. I should be watching this in my, my stay-at-home-ness. Um, <laughs> I love this show. It's um, it's a remake of the '70s Norman Lear. I think it's I think he was the one who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, it's the remake of the '70s version, uh, but with a single with it's a Cuban family where with a single mom who is a vet. Her husband was mm-hmm. a vet. Um, they are divorced. Um, they have two kids. Um, her. Her oldest daughter is uh, ha- has come out, and so she's 
she's dealing with the issues of you know having come out with her family and being latina and having a dad who's less than accepting of it um and what does that mean and then like the younger son is also dealing like with issues of like masculinity and growing up in this like very cuban latino family and then his dad (laughs) being a whole issue (laughs) but the best part the best part of the show and this is some nostalgia for me right here the best part of the show is rita moreno god i love rita moreno (laughs) i love her so hard (laughs) like yeah i mean she is the she is uh, the abuela in there and i'm just like can you be my abuela I want you to be my abuela. I want you to sing and dance in my house and make me coffee, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, that is a nice thing. Like, now in present media, there's a lot more representation. There's a lot more than there was. Um, thinking back to something that's a little uh, nostalgic, though, to actually show where there was some representation. So, uh, I'll have to look up the year, but it was early 90s. Um, Spider-Man debuted Spider-Man 2099, and Miguel O'Hara was Mm Spider-Man, and he was the first Hispanic Spider-Man. And he, I mean, that was, I don't know, I think he was one of the bigger Hispanic comic book characters at the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't really think of any other big ones off the top of my head, but yeah, that, that did resonate with me. That it struck a, struck a chord, you know. It was nice to be like, hey, look. Even though it's 2099, it's a bunch of years in the future, it's nice to see a comic book character who is Hispanic. Yeah, I mean, that 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 means something. That does. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing that now playing out with, you know, how our comic book characters are being represented miles morales i mean one could argue that miles kind of has a tie back to that um Mm -hmm. yeah and and miles is miles is also a mixed race character you know he is Mm -hmm. a half puerto rican half african-american and so that's i love miles morales he's a great character (laughs) he's definitely like he's up there he's in my top three spider-men yeah but i mean yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, where, where I'm trying to land on this is that I feel like nostalgia right now, as it's been marketed, has been a very one-sided, it's a, it's a one, it's one group of people's idea of nostalgia. And, um, and okay, I can see from a marketing perspective that that's the case, but if we're going to delve into the deep of of nostalgia, like there's more voices out there than just one. And maybe that's the historian in me speaking. And like, cause I'm always having to dig through layers because you always get that one perspective that that's the perspective that survived through history. And you're like, but I'm fairly certain that women probably were living in ancient Rome and probably had something to say, but I, you know, um yeah we all know that the the the, like i said memories are revisionist you know it it, it's (laughs) the to the victor goes the historical retelling so (laughs) (laughs) history is written by the winners exactly so you know it's it's always going to be a predominantly specific voice whatever that voice may be it's gonna be 
there it's very i think it's very hard to find unbiased historical accounts yeah it's true and that's kind of where nostalgia and that's where nostalgia falls it's it's yes it's biased but you know for the most part i think it's something we can all enjoy you know even if uh you don't like the new remake of ninja turtles still got the old ninja turtles Yes. You know, we can still go back and rewatch the original Ninja Turtles. Uh, Transformers, you know. God, how many Transformers movies have there been uh, now? Five gazillion. Yeah. And it's still going strong. There's still people like it. Oh my God, my dad loves it. My dad loved Transformers, uh, the cartoon. My dad's um, uh, an over the road truck driver. So he drives semis. So when Transformers debuted as a cartoon, he loved Optimus Prime. And we always watched that cartoon, so when he heard that they were making a live-action Transformers, he was so excited, and he's watched every single one of those movies. Oh my gosh. And most of them aren't that good. Nope, but he likes them. He watches them because, you know, nostalgia. Yep. And speaking of not that good... So we've talked a little bit about when nostalgia's good and it makes you feel good. You're like, nom, nom, nom. But sometimes nostalgia's a little bad. And nostalgia's a little overkill. So where do you think nostalgia has fallen off the rails? Um, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe too, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say because whenever I see a remake that I'm not interested in, I just don't watch it. You know, um, yeah. I I still haven't seen the live action Lion King uh, because I just I didn't care, so I haven't yeah, watched way. it. But you know, I, I would say that's one of my big criticisms against Disney in the last like f- five ten years is. That the the remake live action remakes of the Disney classics, especially the Disney Renaissance movies, mm-hmm. like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King, and I'm sort of going, really, really, like I love I love Beauty and the Beast. It is perhaps my favorite Disney animated film of all time, like of all time, and I have a strong attachment to that movie. I went and saw um, uh, the live action version in the movie theater. And I came out of there going, meh. I mean, Emma Watson, they need to stop auto-tuning her because that was driving me bonkers. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, oh, what's his name? His name is escaping me. Who played the Beast? The guy from Downton Abbey. Um, Oh, it'll hit me later. Um, he was fine. I thought he was all right, but mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I sort of was so caught up in the like weird CGI ness. I was, I was having a hard time attaching myself to him as a character. And, and then let's not go into the weird Bell subplot about her mother or like all the bizarreness. Like we said in an earlier episode, we we both felt like you know all the things that people critiqued about the first animated version. They just decided let's find answers for all of that we're gonna go through the reddit pages and then we're gonna do that in this movie <laughs> that's gonna be yeah, what yeah. this movie's about i think i think beauty and the beast kind of had some 
other issues going into it that that yeah like like we said previously i think the creators the screenwriters and disney were trying to be like we're gonna answer all their stupid questions and show them haha well and i get it the argument for it was well we're going to introduce beauty and the beast to a whole new generation and i'm thinking god damn it that generation can watch dvd i mean well i, I mean to be fair this isn't anything totally new i mean remember 101 dalmatians had a live action remake with glenn close i saw that true story i saw that movie in the movie theater on a date with it was the worst date i ever had in my life like the worst date (laughs) it was a it was a co-worker of my mother's who had to be at least 10 years older than me who'd been spying my picture on my mother's desk who kept asking about me, and I was off in college at the time, and my mother kind of was like, oh, you should go on this date with Randy. You should go on this date with Randy. He's super nice, which is always a bad sign when your mother's saying that. And, you know, when your mom is the one who's, like, pushing the point, you kind of have to give in. So I did, and I was so regretful. And so forevermore, 101 Dalmatians, a live-action film, is in my mind associated with the worst date I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, talk about yeah. some nostalgia. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's... Uh, I think the point is, this is something that's always been around. But again, revisionist memories. People are forgetting that uh, this is a thing that's always been done. This is a thing that's been around for a long time. It's just taking a different... It looks different now. I admit, yes. At Disney in particular. Disney is a big criminal in this. Mm-hmm. They love yeah. doing live action remakes of their old shit and then putting it out there like, hey, it's, it's, well, it's Lion King, except it's new because it's live action, except it's not because well, all the ca- characters are animals that we digitally rendered. So it's animation plus. And not even just live action movies. Let's be real. Disney puts their stuff everywhere they can. There's Disney on ice. There's Disney on Broadway. There's, you know, there. how many, Disney is all about how many eyes can we get on our product. Yeah. How many eyes can we get on our product? Let's put it out there. Let's find, if there's a new way to put this out there so more people will watch what we already know they love, let's do it. I will say this upright. Disney is a company that was built on nostalgia. It's like, yeah. Let's be nostalgic about a mythical American past. Let's be nostalgic mm-hmm. about fairy tales. Let's have yeah, fairy exactly. tales be nostalgic about a mythical like 18th century France that didn't really exist. You know, yeah. they, Disney yeah. makes its bread and butter on nostalgia. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, all these people were complaining about, you know, the live actions and this and that. I this, do. this is something this is this is something Disney's always done though. Like why are we surprised? It's not that. It's just I'm complaining because it's bad. <laughs> it's not the fact that it's nostalgic. It's just awful. <laughs> like, The Lion King live action was not a good movie. Yeah, I it didn't was, watch it, so. I, I tried. It was on Disney+. Plus. We're stuck inside. I have nothing better to do with my life. I'm... Well, and- that's the other thing though we're also talking about it from an adult standpoint as people who watched the original my kids i don't know how they felt about lion king but they liked dumbo they liked the dumbo live action they liked the aladdin live action you know they they liked cinderella uh they liked cinderella way more than the original i've yet to watch that one and 
even when I wanted to see it, it was not available on Disney Plus yet. So when it is it's, available, I will go watch it. It is basically the cartoon in live action. Like it, it's really just so the cartoon. I heard Rob TV. Stark was in it, so I'm like Richard Madden. Yes. Oh hell's yeah! <laughs> yes, he is. Um, yeah, so I mean, they they added a little bit to it, so, but not a crazy amount. So yeah, but yeah, you know. Um, that's another thing we all have to remember, those of us in our age group, is when we complain about these things, most younger kids, they don't have that same attachment that we have. The younger generations don't know the original, or if they do, they've seen it a couple of times, and they're not as attached to it as we are, so they just, they're fine with it. So you mean we're all my father who would perennially complain about, like, it's not as good as the original. <laughs> exactly, Yes. We are. We are all our parents now. Oh Guess what, guys? We're all World. old. Yeah. Well, I will say, this was one of the funnier arguments I have with my dad. And God bless my father's soul. Um, my my dad had some kooky ideas about things, which, it, you know, talk about nostalgia. I can laugh at many of these arguments now, but back in the day, these were knockdown dragouts. <laughs> and there was the argument we had about Star Trek. <laughs> I am not an original Star Trek fan. It's not as bad. Well, it is a little bad. I mean, it's a little. Little. It's not. <laughs> production quality, <laughs> not great, guys. But it, that wasn't the reason I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I just was sort of like, I had. I have seen every one of the original episodes umpteen times because my dad was a Trekkie. And I was just sort of like, blah, don't care. Uh, <laughs> over it now. Moving on. Um... I think I like Next Generation slightly more than the original, but even that is just slightly. I am not a Trekkie. It's not my jam. And nothing against it. It's just not my jam. Uh, which was very hard for my father to accept because he was very much like, this will be your jam. And I'm like, no, won't. So, <coughs> um, so fast forward now, several, many years later, and then the uh, Star Trek, J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies came out. Uh, with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and, uh, you know, Zoe Saldana, the whole cast, right? And I saw that movie probably three or four times in the movie theater. I was like, lens flares and all. I was all, I was in for the shit. And I'm like, this is amazing. I loved that movie. I loved it. Even now, it, that's talk about nostalgia. That's a comfy movie for me to watch. I will just sit in there and just be like, Chris Pine's hot. <laughs> Let's watch this. Um, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth's hot. Wow, you got two of the Chris, Hollywood Chris's in this movie. Sweet. Chris Hemsworth is Chris Pine's dad. That's kind of cool. When are we going to get Pine in the MCU? You know, this is all my thoughts while I'm watching this movie. Because um, we got Zoe Saldana in there, and we got Chris Hemsworth in there, and we got we could get Chris Pine, right? But um anyway, I love that movie and I I think one of the last times I was home for Christmas before my dad passed. Um that movie came up. <laughs> and he was like, "We will not speak of that abomination in this house." I'm like, "What? I love that movie." He was like, "That movie's an abomination. They destroyed the Star Trek universe." And I'm like, but you realize it's an alternate timeline. Your Star Trek universe still happened. It's all still there. It's just, it's like you just went and made a branch off and there's this other universe with like a hotter 
Kirk in it. <laughs> and he's like, no. It is abomination against God and men. I'm like, wow, we're being a bit dramatic, aren't we? Um, but he was vehement. He did not like, did not like the newer Star Trek movies. Did not like yep. And as far, you couldn't make him like him. He wasn't going to do it. Uh, for him, there is a nostalgia factor in the original Star Trek. I mean, that came out when he was uh, like junior high, high school. Yep. So he was a young nerd boy who discovered like, uh, you know, Kirk and Spock. And that was his his geek for a very long time. And the idea that this J.J. Abrams whippersnapper comes in and just, like, turns it all upside down. Like, how dare you? And that would never happen. And here's my canonical reasons why this wouldn't happen. I mean, that was straight up my dad. Um, But he sadly passed away before uh, the uh, J.J. Abrams uh, Star Wars came out. And that's probably a blessing because I would never have heard the end of it. (laughs) <laughs> he would have been like and here's how he ruined star wars i'm like okay dad i mean i i'm not necessarily disagreeing i just can we just let this rest okay no you're still going <laughs> so you know what's funny though like talking about that so my parents uh they're the ones who got me to star wars we watched the original trilogy so many times over and around they're big star wars fans they actually have not hated any of the Star Wars movies. They didn't hate the prequels. They didn't hate any of these ones. They didn't hate Solo. They didn't hate, like, they're, they're, they're just like, yeah, but it's Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I think there's all types. There's Yeah, there, exactly. There are those who are nostalgic and hold that as precious and as a paragon. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my dad. Um, there's others who are like, well, you know, I'm nostalgic for things I liked in the past, and this is just a new spin on it, and I like it. And that's cool, too. Um, Yeah, like, you know, as long as there's going to be... As long as you... Honestly, with my parents, I think as long as you say it's Star Wars, they'll be like, cool, more Star Wars. Yeah, let's watch it. Space Pirates. (laughs) Space Pirates. Um... (laughs) In my mind, Space Pirates is much more like... Uh, Firefly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They haven't seen that. Um, yeah, I, it's because of Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, he is a space pirate. He's yep. sexy, sexy, yeah. so sexy we got space pirate. Space pirates and space wizards, so... <laughs> space um, wizards. Yeah, but... Yeah, they just... They like it. They like it all. They like all of it, and they're good with it, um... So, yeah, I think it just, it just, honestly, like, my mom even liked the, she was a big X-Files fan, too. She liked the, the new ones that they had that came out, and she watched them all. Mm-hmm. She, yep. she was, yeah. Yep, yeah, see, they are not, they are not the kind of nostalgia people who are like, I like the old thing, and I want it to continue to be that. They're totally okay with new stuff, as long as it's. New stuff with those same characters, no matter how different those characters may be. If you say they're the same characters and you've got some actors who are the same, they're like, yep, this is it, and we're good, and we're happy for this more stuff. See, in that, <laughs> I think I'm more like my dad, because I'm like, <laughs> X-Files, the, for me, pretty much ended at season seven. I mean, eight and nine I've seen. Eight, I like a little bit better than nine. Um, though I didn't hate the series finale. 
I did not mm-hmm. hate the series finale. I liked it actually. Um, but then the two news, the, and I didn't hate the, the second movie. I really actually did like the second movie. It was problematic. It was mm-hmm. a problematic film. I'm not going to lie. There's like plot holes that you could drive a Mack track through. And I'm over there going, what the fuck? But I still liked it. I still liked it. And I was like, mm, X-Files. I love X-Files. Num, num, num. Those two new seasons, though, that came out, I was like, what the living crap? And 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 I think it was much more to other factors than you've ruined my characters. Because honestly, I think that the characters of Mulder and Scully are still Mulder and Scully. That wasn't my issue. I think it was much more like, these are horrible stories. And, you, <laughs> and Chris Carter, you're a horrible person. Um, and why do you insist on this being a, a trope? It's a horrible trope, you know? I, I For me, it was much more in the storytelling than it was like, you know, ooh, look, it's 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 uh, Mulder and Scully running around. And, you know, I think they were bu- brilliant. But, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and so for me, that's an example actually of where nostalgia sometimes goes bad. Because... As far as I was concerned, as a fan of the X-Files, and I'm a raging <laughs> X-Files fan, as a fan of the X-Files, while I didn't love the last uh, seasons eight and nine, I was just happy. I was like, you know what? And it ended and that's cool. And, you know, and oh, look, there's a new movie and new movie's okay. I wasn't as happy with it, but still, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can move on with my life. I can go watch old X-Files and I'll just be happy. And then they came out with two more seasons. I was like, what the hell? Why do we need two more seasons? Well, because nostalgia and it's a big thing and let's make some money off that. And I'm like, no, really, you don't. Oh, they're shitty seasons. Wow. Okay. And so for me, I feel like that's when nostalgia kind of goes off the rails. It's like, really, it it, it wasn't even necessary. And it wasn't even like, we're going to make X-Files like hip and cool for a whole new generation. Because if you want to do that, how about you reboot the show in such a way that you have new characters and that they're discovering these mysteries and Mulder and Scully are sort of like in the background of like oh you know there was these two agents once I heard who used to work on this called you know Dana Scully and Fox Mulder and da 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 and you could still have the nostalgia factor and then retell all these stories for a modern audience and have them get invested in this new story, which is the angle I think Star Wars was going with. Um, rather than bring back like the old familiar characters and then just dick around with them in really weird and bizarre and upsetting ways um, and tell just not good stories. I think there could have been an, a way you could have done X-Files Still with that nostalgia factor, still paying homage to the old show, but making something cool and hip and new and different. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, I think a lot of people liked like Fuller House, right? I, I didn't yeah. watch. I, I tried watching. I tried watching it and I did not enjoy it. Um, but I mean, my kids liked it. Yeah, I wasn't a huge original Full House fan. I'd watch Ex- it every so Exactly. Often. Yeah, same. It wasn't. It wasn't like my thing. Um, I watched it every now and then, but I wasn't super into it. So, I, when I heard that they were doing the the Fuller House thing, I didn't watch it because I was like, eh, I was not a huge Full House fan. So, but I think that I think that did good. I think people liked it, from what I understand. I don't know. My kids like it. Um, and then the other one was uh, Girl Meets World. 
You know, I heard some good things about Girl Meets World. I didn't even get a chance to see it because I had gone cableless by that point. So uh, I wasn't. Yeah, even, I was just not able to access it. it. Was really what it was. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't watched the whole thing. Uh, I watched some of it with the kids. I know they loved it. Um, it was it, from what I saw, it looked all right. It, it looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely liked. Yeah, I definitely liked the original Boy Meets World. I loved Boy Meets um, World. Yeah, so, and the remake looked fun. It looked, it, from the few, I didn't see all of it, like I said, but I think I saw, like, maybe three or four episodes, and it looked good. It looked fine. It looked fun. Yeah, I mean, definitely there are, are nostalgia things where we're rebooting stuff where I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun, or that's kind of cool, or is it nice to see that again? Um, and I'm not gonna, uh, sometimes I'm going, why, why, why did we do that? I'm not going to lie, I keep hoping though, that they're going to reboot Harry Potter as a TV show, because I did not enjoy the movies. I, I'm very hard on adaptations, so those movies were... See, I, I loved the movies, so I'm sort of like, but I like the movies. They were okay, they were fine, but compared to the books, they, they were not good adaptations. So... I'm really hoping that they're going to be like, hey, Game of Thrones did really good. Let's make a Harry Potter TV series and actually put all the relevant stuff in it. <laughs> Game of Thrones did really good, quote unquote. Um, it, you, it okay, did. you can't it, deny it, that it was a moneymaker. It was a moneymaker. It did good. I love, I will die on the hill. Of, I still love that show. Um, yeah. Up until about season eight and a half. And then that's when it... <laughs> That's what, no, I mean, I say that and I snark, but really, I, I still love that show. There's still so many plot lines I love in that show. There's still so much stuff I love in that show. And when I'm done being angry with it, I will go back and watch all the stuff I liked about the show. I'm still just kind of bitter a year later. <laughs> yeah. But give me and, some time. And, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I will admit, I, I do like watching the Harry Potter movies, but I, I'm just really harsh on adaptations and... Some of the movies did pretty good. Some of the movies did really bad. And it's just, I just, I'm hoping that, we, can we get a TV series? <laughs> can see, we just get another shot at that? <laughs> see, and that's your nostalgia talking right there. Cause you love uh, oh, yeah, totally. And, and, totally. And there's something you, there's, there's a piece of it you want to see. And I think for me, it's, I like the movies just fine. In fact, I found the books because of the movies. So, um... I, I I did not read the books first, um, but uh, once I was in, I was in whole hog. Um, but yeah, it, there are definitely there's definitely nostalgic things that have been coming back. That mm -hmm. and in some ways, I think they're good or they're better. Um, I like the first half of the reboot of it. I wasn't as keen on the second half. I was sort of like meh. But the first half of it was good um, with the kids. That I I, I like that. I'm a big scaredy cat. I've seen none of the it's. Oh well, see, I <laughs> loved the original miniseries. I know people like to hate on it. I loved it. I loved it. I I never watched it. I I think um, my cousins were like, just watch it, just watch it. Don't be a baby. So I watched like the first five minutes of it and then was like I can't watch this movie it's too scary <laughs> I it wasn't the first time I watched it but like I remember I watched it in college with my my girlfriends the jewel gang and one of my the girls is 
a huge like she does not like clowns she does not like clowns they are they scare her and i'm not exactly the world's biggest clown fan i mean they're creepy as fuck but it's not like i have a pathological fear of clowns i have a pathological Mm -hmm. fear of snakes so i'm never watching snakes on a plane but um yeah anaconda didn't happen nope um so we got her to watch it with us like on one like dead night during finals week and we sat and watched all six hours of that shit and she's like i fucking hate you guys i will never sleep again and she's a pre-med major so yeah it was like she's like i need sleep i have tests i have finals and i will never sleep because the demon clown is going to come and eat me yeah, I I just, yeah, I can't do scary movies, period. I, I watched The Shining. <laughs> that's that's the most horror that I've watched. Oh, and I watched Clear Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, no, I haven't watched that one. So, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's that one I could watch because it was so campy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I can't do horror. Uh, I'm a big scaredy cat. I'm a big chicken. Can't do horror. Like, I really want to watch The Invisible Man because everybody says it's so good. But I know if I do, I'm going to be a baby and have nightmares for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, there, there are several other things that I think have come out of late that are... You know, they're tapping into that nostalgia factor that I think are really well done that, you know, people seem to like and they seem to find a market for. Um, And, you know, there's always those moments when, you know, those boy bands we used to listen to when we were young (laughs) suddenly come out. I know I was on Twitter the other day and they were like... Yeah, like new kids on the block are gonna do like something during the COVID and like put out a video or something. I I only half paid attention to it. I was like, wait, what? New kids on the block are doing something? Because I'm I'm on that. That dates me, y'all. Yeah, that definitely dates me. But no, believe me, I have more than a few girlfriends who are all like, Backstreet Boys. They put out a new video for a song. You know, (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, Backstreet Boys. Or, you know, in sync or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do get nostalgic for the Backstreet Boys. That was high school. But, oh, my God, yeah, New Kids in the Block. Me and my sister were obsessed with them when we were kids. I was, like, late elementary, early junior high with New Kids on the Block. And I was convinced I I was going to marry Joe McIntyre. (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, I think I was in elementary school. But, yeah, I was in love with New Kids in the Block. Oh, boy. There's some nostalgia. I was right? I was in college by the time of Backstreet Boys, so that's much more your era. I, mean, I was like, oh, I yeah. know their songs because they were always like perpetually playing in the background, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song, but I was I don't I don't even own a Backstreet Boys album. It just it was such a it was such a part of the background music. Talk about nostalgia. It's such a part of the background music of the late 90s for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a Backstreet Boys song, even though I was never a fan. So, <laughs> you know, right? It, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and and definitely there's music I'm nostalgic for. I am a 90s child. So, like, you know, you get a little little 90s music out there and I'm like, yeah, and <laughs> And there's these kids who are like, oh, my God, that's so old. I'm like, how dare you say that Black Hole Sun is an old song? How dare you? 
Okay, what really made me feel old was um, we're in California. So in Southern California, there's a radio station called K-Rock. Yes. Uh, it's a big one. So in high school, I remember being in high school and K-Rock Owls had the totally 80s lunch hour. And it was fun. And it was like, oh, this is the music my mom likes. Ha ha ha. And then I think maybe like 10 years ago now or something, they switched to a totally 90s lunch hour. <laughs> Oh, and I was it. like, oh, man. Damn it. Yeah. Now I know I'm old. Yeah, no, there's a, if you uh, go on your Echo, um, I will not say the A word because then it, she'll start talking. Uh, but if you go on your Echo, um, there's a game you can play that you can, like, they give you a snippet of a song and then you have to name what the, who the artist was and what the song was. Ah. Uh. I always do in the 90s, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this song, and I know that song, and, like, you get a little <laughs> 90s hip-hop, and a little 90s R&B, and a little 90s pop, and alternative, yep. and I'm like, this is my jam! Oh, my God! Speaking of some uh, 90s feel, the Frozen 2, the Kristoff song, <laughs> was totally giving me Boys to Men flashbacks the whole time i'll make love to you like you want me to yes yeah exactly exactly it it definitely had some 90s feels in that song true facts true facts so one of my my dear friends who's also named jennifer she um uh, is a professor at the university i work at and also goes to church with me um she and i both have a love of 90s r&b and hip-hop and uh <laughs> We both love boys to men, like, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And uh, a few years back, they were playing at the uh, L.A. County Fair in Pomona. And uh, so, and she works at the university I work at, which isn't far from Pomona. And I also go to a, a, dip, a different university that's also close to Pomona. I go there for a, a Ph.D., so I had class and she had war- she had a class she was teaching. So we were like, okay, here's the plan. We're going to meet at the fairgrounds and then we're going to go watch Boys to Men. And we did. We totally did. It was a concert with Babyface and Boys to Men. And we were like these two like middle-aged <laughs> white girls there and singing along with all the songs. <laughs> like we were 13 years old. It was, oh my God, it was... And there was these moms who were, like, our age and older who were brought their daughters. Like, it was, like, mom and daughter, like, date night. And they're, the, the daughters are all looking, like, all, at all of us, like, oh, my God. I cannot believe you people right now. You're embarrassing. <laughs> all of you. All of you. And, like, especially when they um, did... Uh, <laughs> especially when they were like sitting there singing like i'll make love to you and like the girls were like what 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 and like one mom's like you were conceived to this song (laughs) i didn't need to know that what yes so yeah Uh, so i finally got to see boys to men in concert i never got to see them in concert when i was a teenager because I was poor and they were go- they were playing in the cities. I lived in the country. But I got to see them as a middle-aged woman at the LA County Fair. <laughs> and I'm not sorry. 
Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is you're talking about that. That's definitely one of the things that I enjoy doing now is like, especially with streaming services, make it so much easier is constantly telling my kids like, hey, you've got to watch this. I love this when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, I totally got my son hooked on gargoyles because I was like, you watch this, you're going to love it. And he... He is obsessed with it now, and his sister's like, oh, we're watching Gargoyles again. Yes. And I'm like, yes, we're watching it again. Gargoyles is flippin' amazing, guys. If you have not oh, yeah. seen Gargoyles, go watch Gargoyles. Um, I tried oh, yeah, I, I've got them watching, like, everything. Like, they're watching DuckTales, they're watching Darkwing Duck, they're watching Tailspin. I'm like, you guys are going to watch everything that I liked, and... Some of it they like and some of it they don't, but when they like it, it's it's really fun. Yeah, no, there is a there's a few things that like uh, my nieces and nephews have had to endure because their their father and I were would be like, oh man, yeah, remember this? Yeah, let's watch that. And they're like, oh my god, why are we watching this thing? No, <laughs> no. Um, I was a huge, as a small child, I was a huge fan of Robotech, even though I know everybody who's, like, a raging Macross fan is like, oh, my God, it's a travesty, and it ruined the story, and it's not even the actual story, and da 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 da, da. Like, yeah, I know, but I was six, and it was the only anime I had. It was that and Voltron, okay? And, um, and I, as a child, I didn't really understand as a six-year-old why I liked Robotech. When I got to be older, I was like, oh, no, that was why I liked Robotech. But I still love it. And I, I introduced the younger generation of my family to it. Because I'm like, you know, I highly recommend watching Macross. But until you get to watch that, here's Robotech. So, I mean, I, I jammed out on that. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, yeah. I definitely have shown the kids. Um, Let's see. Oh, Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, and uh, the Spider-Man animated series. Pretty much all those 90s comic book cartoons yep. that were going on. I love those. I love those. I mean, and there's that nostalgia factor. It's like, these are the com- mm-hmm. this is the comfort food. Like, I still remember. I mean, it was on before this, but I, I didn't get to really watch it until I was in college. Was um was uh, X-Men, the animated series. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I loved that as a kid. So I still remember being Saturday mornings in my dorm watching X-Men on TV. I was like 18. I'm like, I'm watching me some X-Men. You know, and that's nostalgic yeah. for me. Or even well, watching and, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Well, in X-Men, the animated series is what got me into comics. Um, watching that was like, hey, I really like this. And I want some more of it. And oh yeah, my God, but- it's a comic book. Gambit was a whole sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely had a crush on Cartoon Gambit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, no, I mean, even, like I said, Looney Tunes, like, to this day, like, I like just the other day, I'm like, I'm feeling sad. I'm going to go find some Looney Tunes on YouTube. And I just mainlined Looney Tunes for, like, two hours. Um, because uh, for, yeah, for me as a little kid, like Looney Tunes was on every afternoon and then Saturday mornings and, you know, these cartoons from the 1930s, 40s and 50s. And 
for me, that's there's this nostalgic happiness of childhood in there. Yeah, um, Animaniacs was the one that we were really. Yeah, and uh, the the Fifty State Capitals song. I, I actually showed that to my son when he was struggling to remember the state capitals to help him memorize that. Yeah. It's a good one to to help uh, kids remember the state capitals. That's actually a good one, right? Yep, yep. It was super helpful, and it it was super fun for me because I was like, "Oh yeah, I love this show." Yeah, and yeah, they like it too. Yeah, it's kind of fun showing the younger generation like the stuff that we loved, and they're not always going to love it. Like you know, my dad tried to make me love Star Trek. I didn't. He like tried to make me love John Wayne movies. I really didn't. Um, but there's things my dad showed me that I loved. Like, I love a lot of old classic movies. Not John Wayne ones. There's a few, like, two or three John Wayne ones I do like. But um, but for the most part, there's it was, like, things like, I love The Thin Man. It's this you know, old movie from 1934 with William Powell and Myrna Loy. Funny as hell. That movie is ninety, almost 90 years old. And it's still funny as hell, like, um, and just whip smart and, uh, and I love that movie, Uh, but it it was, it's something that my father shared with me because he grew up with that movie because his mother liked that movie. So it's those generational levels of nostalgia. Like, you know, I love old classic movies because of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, I was super excited for those when those came out because my dad loved the Lord of the Rings uh, books. Yep, and he was like, yep, and at a young age, he was like, as soon as I was old enough to be able to read them, he was like, read these books, read these books, read these books. Oh, my dad read them to me. Oh, yes. I think he could speak Elvish. I'm not certain, but I really wouldn't. Um... But yeah, like that passing on of the torch of nerddom, as mm-hmm. it were. Like Lord of the Rings was a nostalgic thing for my dad. He passed on to me. Um, he, uh, ironically, this is weird. So my dad loved comic books, and uh, he was picky, but he 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 was mostly a DC guy. But he did like some Marvel, and for whatever reason, that never caught on with me. It caught on with my brothers, um, but. Uh, I didn't really get into any of the stories until the till like the movies, and even mm-hmm. then, like Marvel really caught on with me because of the MCU, not because comic books. Um, so I like the comic book stories that I see in the movies, and I remember how excited my dad would be about them. But I'm I'm still not, there's a lot of reasons why I'm not a comic book fan, and it's nothing against comic books; it's really just me. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I think of like all these things my dad was nostalgic for that he passed on to me, like uh, musicals. A big reason I love musicals is because that was a a nostalgic bit from both my parents. My mom was a musician, so musicals were a natural fit for her. My dad um, was also a singer, um, but he and his mother used to do that. Was like something he would do with his mom was they would go and watch musicals 
And so mm-hmm. he, they pat between my two parents because they both loved them. They passed that love on to me. So I grew up like musicals were just a staple in my household. So now, as I'm now older and my brothers are now older and my sister's older, and we, particularly my brothers with their kids, they're introducing their kids to the musicals. And, um, but you know, I, and I've made no secret of it, I'm a raging Hamilton fan. Um, part of the reason I fell in love with that show was because my father's favorite musical, well, one of them was 1776 and which is a musical I could sing every word to because it was my dad's nostalgia movie. Like that came out when he was in high school and college and he had an emotional reaction to it. So he would watch it and he made us watch it because he was nostalgic for it. And so I grew to love that. And then when Hamilton comes out, I'm like, this is like my 1776. And so (laughs) I got excited because I'm like, it's like 1776, except about things that aren't just the Declaration of Independence. You know, (laughs) and and so I got super excited because it's that it was that building nostalgia factor. I mean, I mean, the 90s hip hop angle of it alone was was going to snag me. But um, but the but the fact that it's like a chain from my dad to me of of that nostalgia of that, like of something I loved that I cared for and being passed on the generations down through my kids. And now that my dad's gone and I see my nephews and nieces and like the things that they're into Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, it's kind of cool still seeing the things that my dad was nostalgic about and he loved getting passed on to the next generation. So, yep. but well, I think that covers, uh, that's covering everything I'm nostalgic about. Like, right. Yeah. You know, nostalgia. Those the- oh, oh, I know there's something we did forget to talk about that. I know you like, uh, June is getting a remake. Yeah. How are you feeling about that, Jen? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still a little trepidatious. Okay. <laughs> I have some feelings about Dune guys. I have some feelings. Talk about nostalgia. Um, Dune was like the the first grown up sci fi that I ever fell in love with that I fell in love with myself because that wasn't a mm-hmm. dad thing that was I, I I think he liked it okay I but I think I'm the one who kind of brought him into it I don't think he brought me into it um so for me I was like I've always been a massive Dune fan and um and Dune is like the it there's a lot of room for failure in Dune. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and so I'm very nervous. Um I've seen the pictures that have come out. Let me tell you, Oscar Isaacs, he did um he he, he was doing some things to me. Well, well I think he, my- Oscar Isaac is dreamy, so yeah, I, there was some. I, I think my sexuality may have just become him. I was like, <laughs> and he's got a beard. I'm not a beard person, but damn, like, like him and Chris Evans with beards. I'm just like, just, just that. That's all I need in my life. Like that, 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 that. Um, yeah, that was I, that. I was having my own sexual awakening due to that photo. Um, <laughs> me and the rest of the internet. Um, but uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet as uh, as Paul 
I, th- mm-hmm. I first of all, I think he's such a perfect casting. I think he's such a perfect casting. I mean, he really gets the like look of Paul down pretty pat. I'm going to see. We're going to see. I mean, pictures are pictures, but let's see what the finished product is because this is, I hold this story very dear. <laughs> and I mean, I, the sci-fi miniseries was pre- did a pretty good job. I like the sci-fi miniseries. The David Lynch uh-huh. movie is kind of like, okay, it's weird. All <laughs> right. It's not the worst thing. I think the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alessandro Yarogafoski. I don't, I, I, I know who it is, but I, his name escapes me. Um, like I've see, read the, the plan he had for his version of it in the early seventies. And he's known for being kind of weird offbeat, like psychedelic kind of filmmaker mm-hmm. anyway. So his was so completely off the off the rails i was like thank god that never got made like thank jesus (laughs) that never got made so um so we'll see i uh denis villeneuve is he did blade runner the most recent blade runner it was Mm -hmm. it was amazing um i think he has the the feeling as a director to really do this do this well but dude has a lot of room to 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 fall too (laughs) So, <laughs> so uh, here's here's my debate. I haven't. I've only ever seen the David Lynch movie. I haven't read the books. I didn't see the miniseries. So I'm 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 really debating. Like, do do I want to just wait and watch this so I can go in and not have my hardcore this must be a good adaptation <laughs> bent you know- that I unfortunately take into all movies. I think for you personally, I would, um, I would hold off. I would hold off reading the books until you've seen the movie. So you can watch the movie and enjoy the movie. And then you can read the book. Um, right. Because I think, I mean, books, here's the, here's the thing about books. And it this, it, whether it's an, the, the adaptation aspect or the nostalgia aspect, let's be honest. Because there's a bit of nostalgia involved in there, but. Books are are not ideal, ideally suited for the film format. It isn't. It's there's just too much going on in a book well, to capture in a in an hour and a half, two hour, two and a half hour movie. Yeah, and I don't think that a good a good adaptation to me is not an exact remake of the book because you can't do that. It, it's not going to be a good adaptation that way i've seen movies where they just take the book and go let's make this script and they're bad yeah they're really really bad that's not there's a reason why the term is adaptation it needs to be different um but that's getting into a whole other we will do an episode all about adaptation another day (laughs) then you can really get here we get fired up yeah i mean i have some thoughts on some adaptations so um but that said um yeah, I think for you, definitely don't read the book because I think <laughs> I think you you would do better just walking in like well, all I know is the David Lynch movie, so it's up from here, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and and it's been so long since I've seen it, I barely remember it. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. there's things about it I like, but not a lot. <laughs> um, it, it was you know Kyle McLaughlin when he was still young and pretty and. Um, <laughs> and Jose Ferrer was 
uh, was I liked him in it, but I just like Jose Ferrer. Um, but it's, there's just a lot weird about that movie. Um, yeah. So for me, we'll see how this goes because I, I love that book and there's a lot of nostalgia for me about that book because that was, that is that, like I said, that was my first grown up sci-fi that was all mine. It wasn't passed to me from my dad. It was something I discovered for myself and, and it hit on so many tropes that as an adult, I, I, are things I love, like things about like history and religion and societies and, uh, and mm-hmm. how they interact and, uh, and the interplay between politics and religion and economics and how we use things as weapons against each other. And these are all things I, as an adult, am massively interested about. And I, and I have to say, Dune kind of cultivated a lot of that because I, it deepened my interest in those things so that now that I am a grown adult, those are things I pursue now. Um, so, and that's, it's very complex. There's a lot of complexity there, so we'll see how they do. Yeah. But. Well, here's, I hope it's good. (laughs) I hope it's good too, but if nothing else, I get Oscar Isaac and his beard. (laughs) Yeah. Uh I'm like. I'm, I'm really excited for, uh, yeah. 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 He's very attractive, so. I know I've already seen the complaints about uh, the re- the the ch- gender change for Liet Kynes, who's one of the characters in the book. Liet is Liet is a male in the show. Liet has become female, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> that is not a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Isaac has a beard. Can we agree that that is just sexy as hell? <laughs> Just give me that. Just, just give me that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so easy. I really am easy. Like, if you put, like, him or Chris Evans in a movie, I'm like, it sucks, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Man. Yay, All right. Yay, remix. <laughs> yay, and nostalgia. And on that note, we have come to the end of another Nerd Girls Take on the World and I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Of course, you guys know where to find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, almost all of it is Nerd Girls Take on the World. It's, um, yeah, it's all at NGTOTW. Yes. Um, and then our web, and then our website, uh, NerdGirlsTakeOnTheWorld.com, has links to all the things. All the things. Um, and uh, and appreciation and love to Mo, who is the mistress of all the all the things in terms of, <laughs> of our social media presence. Um, you can pro- you can find us on social media as well. Usually, if you find Nerd Girls Take on the World and their uh, Twitter, you'll find me. Um, so come say hi um, and feel free to let us know if there's something you want to comment on or you want to have us have a take on I know some of our friends have been listening to the podcast and are like I have ideas I have ideas I have, just send them <laughs> to us we will, we yep, will talk yeah. about them um, yep if you uh, head to the website there is a handy dandy contact us form that you can fill out and send us whatever you want <laughs> yes so, uh, I hope all of you are safe. I hope all of you are well in, uh, in the current situation. Um, 
And uh, just just remember that uh, your life is important. And so are all of everyone else's lives. So please be careful out there as you're going about your business because we appreciate you. Uh, so with that, anything else, Mo? No, I think we're good. I think we got it all. That's all the takes we got this week, y'all. So yep. until next week, never be afraid to take on the world. Bye. Bye.